Howdy, and welcome to this episode of The Conversations at Music My Mother Would Not Like podcast. It's a series of conversations with artists, singer-songwriters about their current projects, and industry people about some of the current trends. The program is hosted and produced by myself, Bruce Swan. The podcast will endeavor to, to be a bridge between my weekly live shows and the weekly concert series that we host. While unaffiliated, they are connected with the sharing of the same name, music my mother would not like. You can find more information about the weekly series and the radio programs at the website musicmymotherwouldnotlike.com. The radio show can be heard live on WSFMLP 103.3 FM, Asheville, North Carolina. It can also be heard live on AshevilleFM.org. The programs are archived on the website as well in uh, compliance with the Millennial Act. The program airs on Mondays from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. The weekly music series with the same name can be heard and seen on Zoom as well as on Facebook. You can get more information on the website and on the Facebook page with the same name, musicmymotherwouldnotlike.com. Registration for the series is always free. It is a donation-based event, and that is how we pay the artists. These podcasts will vary in length. Many of the episodes will come from interviews conducted live in the radio studios or via telephone and now via Zoom. Nothing was ever taken out of context and may be updated if it's possible and appropriate. The opinions expressed will be those of myself and the speakers and not necessarily of any of the radio stations that I've been lucky enough to be affiliated with over the years, their owners, staff, or boards of directors past or present. You can support this project directly through the website's PayPal account. In time, we hope to have a Patreon account that will bring you and give you heads up on articles and interviews, etc., before they're, they're broadcast. One step at a time, as we say. If you're digging what you're listening to and would like to tell a friend, I would be grateful for that. I'd really appreciate it. If you'd like to support the show and get a shout of thanks, let me know in the comments section of PayPal. And please, 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 please remember to indicate that you're sending a donation as a gift to a friend. This way we don't pay the fees from uh, PayPal. In the comments, let me know where you're listening from. I won't use your last name unless you ask me to. Uh, Any little bit helps. If I've learned anything from community radio, it's that lots of big things will get done when many hands chip in a little bit. You think about the cost of a cup of coffee at your local spot. I'm sure you give a tip. Probably brings it up to about $4. Four bucks. And maybe you're listening while you're sipping, and I'm glad to be keeping company with you wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Would your business, firm, company, project, or whatever like to meet other cool people like yourself? Maybe you'd like to become a sponsor of this program. Working with people like yourself that share common interests is the key to getting more things done. You can write to me at the website musicmymotherwouldnotlike.com. Conversations at Music My Mother Would Not Like currently enjoys the benefits of being connected with and sponsored by hearitthere.com. It's an online arts publication that supports the arts and culture of the New York City tri-state area with concentrations in the Hudson Valley and Western Connecticut. Intelligent, well-written blog columns about music and the arts can also be found on the site hearitthere.com. Check it out. Consider marketing your upcoming events on hearitthere.com. I do. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to get to know many musicians and industry people. The musicians are often 
the band's principal singer or songwriter, or in the case of a singer-songwriter, the only person the conversation is really with. I've also been privileged to get to know other radio personalities, directors of festivals, owners of venues, record promoters and producers. You get the idea. Many of the conversations were to promote a single event, a concert that was going to happen locally, or a conversation about a new record with a deep dive into that project. I find that sometimes, as a listener, knowing a little bit about the artist as a person makes going to the concert just that much more interesting. It does for me. That takes a little bit of probing. Conversations are just as much about listening as it is about talking and asking good questions. This week, the premiere of the series will feature a musician that lives in Asheville, North Carolina, and has lived in this area for quite a long time. He came here as a college student and, well, except when he's touring, Never really left. Let's get to this week's conversation with award-winning singer-songwriter David Wilcox. This interview was to support an annual holiday concert called Coming Home at a local venue. Now, some of this has been edited out, but the topic of Coming Home and about the annual concert weaves in and out of the conversation, and I really felt that it needed to be there. Let's do welcome David Wilcox. A very special and very abbreviated intro to my next guest would begin as a student at Warren Wilson College in the early 80s, a world-class and worldwide touring musician with a career that spanned over 30 years, has produced some 20 albums to his name, and you can find much more in a much more thorough and well-fleshed-out bio at his website, davidwilcox.com. He writes, I'm grateful to music. I have a life that feels deeply good, and when I started playing music, nothing in my life felt that good. I started to write songs because I wanted to find a way to make my life feel as good as I felt when I heard a great song. I don't think I'd be alive now if it had not been for music, David Wilcox said so. Sorry for such a long-winded intro, David. Good afternoon and welcome. Good to be with you. Thanks. Thanks for uh, welcoming people to come to this show. I'm really happy to be playing these regularly. It started a long time ago when we were traveling. We had an Airstream trailer for two years and were full-time traveling around the country. But we made it back every fall to uh, you know, meet up with our friends again. And it got to be this tradition of playing this show at the Gray Eagle and inviting sort of my musical family, the people that inspire me that live in Asheville. And um, so there's always been songs played by other people in the community. And um, there's no opening act, so I start playing right at eight. And it's always been a lovely adventure and the conversations in the green room are so nice beforehand. So um, I I really like this time of year. It sort of feels like a festival um, going on in place. And, I've, and I say that because oftentimes musicians don't get to spend that much time with one another, with their contemporaries. They, they may see them on stage once in a blue moon. They may pass... Um, I'm aware of artists that will write each other notes. They often play the same clubs and they'll write a little note to their friends on the back of a poster. Maybe they catch it. Maybe they don't. Maybe the dates don't overlap so that they would see the poster. But um, it sounds as though you're expressing uh, sort of a bit of a festival atmosphere in, in the green room. How how wonderful is that? That's yeah, fantastic. I, I agree. I agree. It is fascinating to me that um, I get to have this kind of musical community and it is rare and it is really fun to you know, be trading songs and be listening to each other. Uh, throughout the year, I'll be working on a song and send it to one of these friends. And 
uh, kind of get some feedback about like, you think I'm getting this part right or should I redo it? It's, it's, it sounds like collaboration is important to you in the, in the process. And um, it sounds as though that may be an evening of that as well, where you guys are building off each other and maybe there's not a definitive set list. Maybe there's an order. Can you, can you paint the picture as, as I walk down the, the aisle from, from coming in the front door of the gray Eagle, the stage is in front of me. There's all these seats. I'm going to be ushered to my seat or find my seat. What's it going to look like? And when you begin performing, what's that going to be like as will people just begin coming on stage and, and accompany we bring them on. What's the, what's the trip? Sometimes there is harmony singers, but mostly it's just one person at a time. Uh, and, uh, when I invite a guest to come play a song, I usually just hand them my guitar cause it's so much faster than having five different sound checks. Mm. And so, um, I'll just sling my guitar over their shoulder. And first I ask them, what tuning would you like it in? And, um, and I'm really fast at that. So I get it, uh, in whatever open tuning with whatever capo is right for their song. And it's true. They pick the song according to what's been played so far and what kind of fits with the story that's evolving for the night of music. Are they likely to play one of their own or are they oh, yeah. likely to play one of yours? Their own. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, can you share at this point who who some of the guests might be, or is it always sure. kept a secret? Uh, David this is Lamont, all new to me. David Lamont will be there, and Billy mm -hmm. Jonas, and Chris Rosser, and uh, there's a few others that are tentative, but I'm I'm hoping it all comes through. Yeah, it's fantastic. David, the name of my program is Music My Mother Would Not Like, and when you're, <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I hadn't um, I hadn't anticipated your appreciation quite like that, but that's great. And so, were your parents supportive of your musical endeavors, either as pastime or as a career choice? Eventually, they were, but at first, uh, very discouraging. And there was a lovely conversation many years ago when my mom was sort of concerned, and she said, "Dave, are you still doing this this music thing?" And I said. Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. And she said, Oh, that's that's too bad. <laughs> and I said, Too bad that I'm enjoying it. And she said, No, well, I, I know that you think you have talent or whatever, but I just really think in terms of respectability, you know, being a musician, I mean, it's just one step above uh, house burglar. <laughs> and I said, house burglar really you had to go there <laughs> i should have said well at least i always have that to fall back on but <laughs> i didn't think of that at the time and you know that was two years out of college and i was just playing wherever i could you know playing at the local health food restaurant for lunch and getting a free lunch and my rent was so cheap i could cover my expenses with that and then I would travel to various open mics and all that. So, you know, later on when I was, you know, like had a house and a family and she realized, oh, I guess he's going to be able to support himself. Then she was more supportive of that endeavor, but she was very cautious at first. <laughs> I've talked to musicians where they've said, um, you know, at first their their parents thought it was kind of well, kind of a racket, you know, but it was interesting. They could hear it throughout the house. And then, you know, as it became a little bit more serious, maybe the hair got a little bit longer, maybe studies were not as quite as important or um, 
day jobs didn't become that serious and, and they became a little bit nervous and it was oh my son the musician and then it became oh please meet my son you know the esteemed uh, musician oh, i was so proud of our son <laughs> goes from shame to pride but um it, it, yeah it's, it's a funny. common story it's, yeah. really, it's, <laughs> it's interesting and it's fascinating that that's really sort of an american phenomenon it's it's not so much like that when i you know talk to like the interviews that happen in italy for example mm. so different you know in america the the usual questions are you know like so what do you think does this type of music feel like it's building it's it's like getting more popular it's like that's not why i do it <laughs> 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 and in Italy, they ask questions as if they've listened. They ask questions like, so two albums back, you had a song that said blah, blah, blah. And now on this album, you say da, 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 da. So how have you changed and what happened in your life? And I was just stunned. I thought, well, first of all, you're listening. And second of all, you care about like what it means and how it affects you. And that's been the most important thing to me about music. I i i love the my heart is cracked open to this one place music where i can feel the subtle differences between pretty good and better and really good and i've loved that microcosm of learning discernment because i want to learn that same thing in every aspect of my life how to make not just to build a song that feels good but to build a life that feels good that's the musicianship i'm after so you feel that the music is, is really the vehicle that gets you to maybe a, a broader self-understanding or global understanding or, or purpose in life, that, that, that the music is, is the vehicle to express yourself with, within those confines? And, and, and is it, because I know you talk about um, music and medicine in your, your website, and I hadn't really planned to, to, to really delve into that. Because look, each one of those tabs on your website is a podcast into itself. We've only got a few minutes, but um, so I, I really, I really dig the 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 the, um, uh, the depth and the breadth of, of of the website. There's so much there between videos, songs, and and the generosity of your writings, et cetera. So I encourage folks really do check out davidwilcox.com. I got to believe you're going to enjoy the concert more after you spend a few minutes at that website, or if not a few hours, but it's very thorough. It's very, it's very deep. David, you know, I was digging the new single, or I, I still am digging the new single, Rest in Peace, uh, the latest single. And I wonder if we can sort of dig into that a, a, a wee bit as well. Was that song written for a specific person Was in mind? Was it a, a singular event? Because the, the, the phrasing could be either as specific or um, as general as one wants to make it. There's, there's a lot of, you know, maybe there's perhaps some self-reflection or, you know, that, that we're all, there's, that we're finite, but you use a lot of imagery in the song, which leads me to believe it's sort of perpetual. You talk about swirling clouds and cascading streams and, and the risks in life that are taken. And at the end of the day, you know, things will continue. We may not continue. We, and, and so in some respects, I read it almost as an epitaph or as an explanation uh -huh. or something coming from the ground to us to say, hey, hey look, man, it's okay. The clouds are going to continue to swirl. They've been swirling before me, during me, and after me. So there was a lot of stuff happening in that. And also the way you, you phrase the songs, and it's, it's some of it's spoken, some of it's sung, um, and, it, and it gets right to the point immediately. I love that you felt it that way. That was, that was interesting. Um, to me, um, 
those swirling clouds and that cascading stream were literal. That was an adventurous person that dared to really be in the flow um, in a very dangerous river. Uh, and he didn't uh, make it through. And so to me, <clears throat> the the way to understand a life well-lived that didn't have a whole bunch of years, but had a lot of life in it. Um, I was trying to sort of make my peace with that and sort of realize that uh, there are ways that I cannot understand um, how that could possibly be okay. But in the song, I get a glimpse, an emotional uh, sort of transmission of the dignity of a life that is packed into just a few years. And so that song was giving me a glimpse of that as a way to help me grieve and a way to kind of uh, help me honor that life and see it as something I could uh, come to know as complete in a way, even though that life was short. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful song. Um, we're, we're chatting with David Wilcox. We'll come back. We're going to talk a little bit about touring, what the future is looking like with that, as well as some more bits and pieces of the website. I'm Bruce Swan. We're talking with David Wilcox on music my mother would not like. Conversations at Music My Mother Would Not Like is sponsored by HearItThereNow.com, an online arts publication that supports the arts and culture of the New York City tri-state area with concentrations in the Hudson Valley and Western Connecticut. Hear It There Now, like it sounds, H-E-A-R-I-T-T-H-E-R-E-N-O-W.com, HearItThereNow.com. We're back. We did chat a little bit about Rest in Peace. Is that likely to find its way onto a new record? Is it a one-off single? I've talked to a couple of musicians lately who said, no, we're, we're just digging the, the singles. We're putting out singles. We're, we're, we're driving content, et cetera. Maybe sometimes it'll get packaged up. I don't know. But and then there's other musicians who say, no, this is the, this is the, the precursor. We've, we've got a bunch of stuff in the, in the hopper um, looking to do something fast or soon or something like that. So I wonder, is, is Rest in Peace likely to find its way onto a new project? Or maybe it already has. There is a new project happening. I don't think that song will be on it. I think that song has found its home. Um, and I think that there's a place for both. I've written so many songs during the pandemic, uh, like 50. And it's going to be difficult to find a home for all of them. But um, there, there has to be a project that sort of documents this year for me and puts those songs in a, in a sequence that sort of does that sort of transformation for me from the despair to the, the lessons learned and the, the inspiration that came from that isolation. But um, there are some songs that uh, are outside of that project. So they'll just have to be singles. I think it's a, you know, again, a great song and looking forward to it. Any ideas what the timeline on the, on the project might be? Uh, we're looking clearly Christmas is not going to happen for 21 for this project, but um, what's the, what's the long, the long skinny of the game? 
It could be three months, and uh, there's a lot of stuff that's not in my control. A week ago, we were recording over at Echo Mountain and uh, wonderful musicians, and it was very inspiring. And so that gave me this feeling like the project sort of can carry me into um, working on it longer and not just feeling like, oh, I got to get the songs out, but really realizing that the songs aren't done with me yet. They're still, they're still sort of affecting me. And the time that I spend immersed in those songs is good for me. They have lessons for me that, that sort of wake me up and hold me accountable to what I am drawn to in terms of how to um, tell the story about this time that we've all gone through. Well, I know that, you know, artists create, musicians write, et cetera, are are these songs for you? Do you put them out for you, for our benefit, but, you know, first and foremost, for you? There are a lot of songs that are just cathartic for me, but um, of all the songs I write, about half of them feel like they would really serve other people well. And those are the ones I play live. And out of those, maybe half of those deserve to be recorded because uh, some live songs are, you know, maybe funny or clever, but you hear them a couple times and you're kind of done. But there are other songs that work on us at deeper levels, and those are the ones that kind of need to be uh, set in a format that will bring you back to that place again and again. I, I don't want to sound uh, patronizing or... Um... Um, assuming. But the photographs of you and your website strike me as you know something that I don't know. And if I listen, I, I might find out and I might learn something. That's it. There's a there's sort of a peaceful, um, not, you know, I think if somebody describing that way, I would think that that might make me look arrogant. But there's not a, it's not a question of arrogance or an accusation of arrogance. But there is just something very peaceful about the images that you've selected that you know something. And if I listen, I might I might get it, and it might benefit me. And so here it comes. And that that's that's my take. I, I don't know if you've heard that. I, it's not meant to offend or challenge or anything like that. It's just a, just an observation. I have never heard a description like that of those photos on my website, and I'm fascinated by that because that feels like what the music is offering me. And that's sort of the reason I, I keep playing these songs. I play the songs that I'm learning how to live, not just how to play. And so, yeah, the, the music has felt that way to me. And if that's reflected in the way I'm looking and singing toward the audience, that's really interesting. I like that. It's, you know, again, it's not meant to, yeah. to, to patronize you or flatter. It's just, it's just the way it comes across. And I see that though in the videos and specifically, um, uh, we make, we make, the, we make the way by walking as well as this tattoo. I thought that there was, it was, what was interesting for me and we make the way why walking was the straightforward images, both of, of you in, um, the countryside in some rural and maybe even remote areas, other people sharing in that exa same experience, the backpackers that are having difficulty carrying their, the, the burdens of their, of their pack, the necessities that they need to carry, but they've got to get from A to B. And this is the, the mode that they've chosen to take, but also the whimsical addition of the um, plastic or toy farm animals that are, that are watching.
watching, seeming to see what's going on, but nobody seems to see them um, in the pictures. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the protesters carrying the signs, they didn't see the animals. And I don't think the backpackers that were, were trudging along the trail saw the animals. Um, I saw the animals there in the forefront of the video. But, you know, I thought that that was really kind of, you know, kind of funny, kind of whimsical and still supported the song in, in, in a curious way. That's oh, really fun. I love the way you see. Uh, I, I would love to walk through a museum with you. That's really fun. Yes, those are. I, I knew an artist that was very interested in in um, canvas art and art in general, and he would periodically invite people, you know, wherever he was, to walk through museums with them. And he usually had some pretty yeah. good commentary um, on them. Do you enjoy the project or the the process of? the actual creation of work. And what I mean by that is that not just the necessarily the writing of the, the lyrics and the creation of the music, but the actual nuts and bolts of, of putting a project together, discussing which songs are going to go in what order or the creation of the video, how you're going to lay it out. Um, they don't appear to be spontaneous to me that they, they, they're, they're, they're crafted, not necessarily uh, overly scripted, but nonetheless crafted and, and worked out. Is that, is that a fun process for you? Is it the means to an end or, or what's it like? It has been a fascinating process that for me is sort of like looking back over journals. Um, and when the songs uh, sort of find their right place in the sequence, um, it is for me a way of reviewing the, the way I have thought the way I have felt throughout the past year or two or whatever it's been since the last record. And it's a way of seeing kind of um, not only the adversity, but how I've kind of changed, how I've, uh, how I've found my way through. Um, and so for me, uh, the process of making a record is it, it makes me smile because it is um a way of sort of tracking uh, as if the music was saying all along, um, sort of, I know how to get through this. And the songs that really mark the path are the songs that are the beacons um, that sort of help me uh, avoid the pitfalls and staying stuck in grief or anger or resentment or whatever, and finding a way to live more fully. And mm. so, uh, putting those songs in order kind of is like looking at pictures of what I've been through that year. Is it, is finding the order difficult? Sometimes it is. Sometimes there are songs that uh, are sort of vying for the same spot. Um, there's this song that I'd love to play for you because of the way you see, and it's a song about walking through an art museum as a way to find inspiration even in the midst of a huge storm outside. And the storm is not just the rainstorm pounding on the ceiling. It's also, it's also the emotional feelings of how the world is changing and feelings of fear or anger or division that are all around us. And so uh, coming to our inspiration coming to the place that nurtures our, our sense of the dignity of our life. Um, the song just walks through an art museum and talks about uh, finding a way to 
keep your spirit up and not be sunk by the negativity. It's a, that's one of my favorite songs that's going to be on this next uh, recording. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm going to be sort of shifting songs around, making sure that I set that one up really well. <laughs> Cause I talk to some artists and I say, so how did you do this? And they, and some go through an exhaustive process. I think that, that mathematically they calculate every single possible combination of the 13 or 14 songs. I knew a guy who said, yeah, and I make my wife listen to him. I said, I'm surprised you're still married. You know, 14 <laughs> songs times 13 times 12, is, that's that's how many possible combinations there are. And she, he said, yeah, when you start getting down to like the 50th or the 53rd review of the record, it gets a little bit dodgy, you know, it can be kind of tough at times. Others say, no, I just... It, it really took us about 45 seconds just to sort of start and stop the beginning and the end of every single song, where they fit, and, and we were done with it. But I, I like that the fact that there's so much um, thought and, and the process. Let's jump into this art museum that we're going to. Yes. It's a big art museum. It's maybe one of the greatest in, in North America. Maybe it's in Chicago. Maybe it's in New York. Maybe it's it's anywhere. It's got multiple galleries. There's ancient art and um regional art and historic art, et cetera. Where are we going first? Where's, where's the beeline that you're going to, you're going to bug to first? Where's, where, what's the first portion of this museum that we're heading to? The fascinating part for me about this analogy of the art museum is the juxtaposition of the expanse of cold white wall and the frames, the frames are the part that nobody looks at, but the frames are what make it possible to not be defeated by all that's wrong in the world. You say to an artist, make the world beautiful, and you've defeated them already. But if you say, how about within this frame? And they say, well, yeah, I, I mean, I could do that. And having a way to say, just with the people I know, just with my family, just with my neighbors, let me be the world that I envision. And so that is a way for me to not get defeated and think to myself, well, what could a song do? Because I know from my experience hearing other people's songs that it can change my world. It can give me the courage to be an effective person that can change things in the world. The only two museums I can see, well, a couple, but the, the two principal ones I can see in my mind's eye is is the Met in New York City, Chicago Institute of Art in, in Chicago. Um, I guess that's where they got the name for it, right? But uh, I always run to to the Impressionists, and um, that's that's my favorite because it seems to make the most sense that these are pictures that are not only beautiful, they are... Um, I don't want to say attainable, but they are of of common things. Man and woman walking in the street of uh -huh. Paris, or there's a freight, there's a train station that might that probably would not have been seen by by royalty in in the in the uh, portrait gallery. And only as an as a much older person did I get to understand or sort of have a peculiar understanding or appreciation for what we called modern art. Um, and so. But for me, the Impressionists is where I would start and probably spend as much of the day as I possibly could. And there's a couple of museums where there's a couple of really cool pictures that are tucked away. And if you don't know where they are, you can't find them. They're there. You just got to know, get to know where to look for them. There's a beautiful Renoir at the Frick that hides behind it, sort of a sort of a service corridor. 
that goes upstairs to another part of the building. But if you don't know it's there, you, you can't find it. Um, or some of the stuff at the Isabella Stewart Garden or the Met, you know, it's just, these are really magical one-offs, but, but for me, that's, that's where I'm going first. And it's interesting that I've been able to, when you talk to people about art museums, like what, what do you dig and, and what's, what's what? So, um, you know, do you, do you have a, a favorite, favorite style of, of painting? For me, the fascinating thing about that song is that it's describing where I get my inspiration mm -hmm. in a way that people can see it. But actually, the first verse, which is no longer, the first verse that I wrote in that song, which is no longer in the song, was a verse about when I first opened the case of my guitar, you know, it's really sort of protected. It's it's really hard on the outside. You open it up and it's plush. And inside there's this oasis of perfection. There's a lot wrong in the world, but there's nothing wrong with this guitar. It's probably the best guitar for me in the world. And so when I lift that up, there's this feeling of like something is right, which is a long way better than everything's wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Some one thing is right. And so that was the first uh, verse of the song. The thing about like within that case is a thing that can, that's buoyant for my emotion that can keep me from sinking. But um, I, I like to have songs that uh, are more easy to visualize and carry a story all the way through. So uh, as I wrote the song, uh, I realized it would be better said if I made it about an art museum. But um, for me, the, the most powerful things that affect me are songs. And I've walked through all those beautiful art museums that you mentioned, and I am uh, I'm moved by the history and the story and the, the philosophy and the struggle and the color and the just the sort of shape and balance. But what I don't get from a painting that I do get from a song, I don't get the, the mentoring, the camaraderie. I don't get to see how that person felt about their life in the world, how they uh, found their courage. Um, and sometimes you can read that from the history, but for me, it's not, it doesn't come through from the canvas. And so for me, a, a much more inspiring medium is music. That's interesting. I love it. That's very cool. We're chatting with David Wilcox. We're talking about much more than I'd anticipated <laughs> as I was preparing my notes for the afternoon. We're joined via Zoom, and I'm, I'm now getting a little more comfortable saying that. I used to say telephone or in the studio with, but getting a little more comfortable with Zoom. And it's it's really a great medium for interview that you don't get on telephone. Um, 
you can see you can see that the questions are either resonating, not doing so good, or the whole conversation is getting tanked that you might not be able to hear on the telephone, or you might hear as someone is doing their dishes as halfway through a question or something like that. But it's, it's kind of cool to see what's going on. We're joined with David Wilcox in what appears to be his music room. And David, what are you thinking about touring? I know that by the time this airs, you will have come back from a couple of dates, and you've got a couple of dates in the calendar. But you're a musician that were at a time was probably out 100, 150 nights a year. Uh, pandemic has made it unsafe and unwise for us to congregate in large numbers. But what do you think about touring on the on the horizon? Are you optimistic? Are you nervous? Uh, what's it going to be like? There's uh, so many uncertainties, and uh, I love that the gigs are getting booked uh, in the future. And you know, depending on what happens between the vaccine and the variants, um, it could go lots of different ways. Um, I am very inspired by playing music live, and that's been a beautiful part of my life. And what I love about it is that it's difficult, and it requires me to make sure I'm doing every part of my doing everything I can to make the music right. And that includes what I read and what I eat and what I watch and who I talk to. It, it really requires me to tune my attitude before I even tune the guitar. And so touring is a challenging thing that keeps me at my best and really makes every aspect of the whole arduous journey meaningful. Even getting up for a 6 a.m. flight out of the Asheville airport, it makes me smile to go out there in the dark and be loading the car because it's all full of this purpose of it's for the music. So I love all that. And when we were home, just home, no gigs, I discovered what I've been missing all these years and putting in a garden and seeing it grow and being there for the harvest and getting to know local friends better and getting to know neighbors better and really nurturing relationship at home. Uh, it has been a lovely time, and part of why it worked so well for me was I'm kind of an introvert anyway, and I had more time to write all those songs that I had been kind of putting off. <laughs> and so uh, there was a whole lot of very satisfying work during the whole pandemic. And I think I could get adjusted to just doing live streams, but playing live performances is more satisfying. So I do hope it happens. I want to chat about one other song. We touched on it earlier, this tattoo. The beauty of a person getting, if you're not familiar with the video, please do check it out on David's website, davidwilcox.com. There's a tab for videos. I believe it's the second or third one down. It's called This Tattoo. And it's about it opens with you sitting, I guess, in a garden um, playing the banjo, and then you get up and walk away, and we are brought to, to a scene where a very attractive woman is getting a tattoo, and you talk about the contract that this person is, is now going to make with the future, and she's sitting in front of a tattoo artist, and your song seems to be very objective. Um, it, it says, uh, one of the lines, it says, this binding contract written in blood and ink is is it it seems to be also uh, not only a it's a cautionary tale i think that this is permanent you don't seem to make any judgment about it but there are images that are beautiful 
um, with you outside, but there's also an interior view with that's very stark, white, white walls. And if you looked at the angles careful, not carefully, you might think there was almost a jail sentence, a jail scene because of the, the way the windows are, are, are set up in the, in the picture. We find out later, I think that those are windows, but the, it's, um, what was, what, where did the song emanate from? Or what, what, what can you tell me that, that I can't see from the video or, or hear from the words? One of the inspirations for that song was a uh, the conversation that I had with my son about him getting a tattoo. And another inspiration was as I went deeper with it, I realized that the promises that we make to ourselves about what we're not going to compromise, um, it's so powerful to make those promises indelible. And uh, the way I've done that um, is with song. And I'm not the first to make that comparison. There's this lovely Joni Mitchell song where she says, songs are like tattoos. You know, I've been to sea before, crown and anchor me. <laughs> and so yeah. uh, she has this way of saying that the things that she sings hold her accountable. It's harder for her to say, oh, I was just young, because the song stays around and reminds her of that feeling. It puts her back inside that innocence or that uh, confidence or that um, commitment. And so it makes it harder for her to, to just let it fall by the wayside. So that was my uh, way into that song. It's 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 a great video. It's a great song. Please do check it out. I uh, have enjoyed the conversation with David Wilcox. You can get much more information than I could possibly hope to to uh, chat about in forty minutes. More info is at davidwilcox.com, Just like it sounds, David Wilcox annual Thanksgiving homecoming concert with special guest again, and there'll be some surprises and friends, and and uh, it's going to be a great melange of, of humans and sounds and people and joy and happiness and great. I, you know, I dig that you that you put it around Thanksgiving because I think yeah. it is. I mean, there's certain political aspects of it that are not remain to this conversation, but for the most part, it is the most American and, and really welcoming holiday we have. It, it's it's void of of religion. It's really it's really about getting together and being grateful uh, for opportunity to be with friends, family, see people you haven't seen in a while. It's a nice four day weekend. There's just so many wonderful things about Thanksgiving Day weekend, and it's 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 so uncommercialized i think that it's it's wonderful but to to call it the homecoming concert and, and as we discussed earlier it's the byproduct of having been on the road and and hauling your airstream trailer and finally getting back to where a place you can kick back for a couple of few days but still still sharing that time uh with with friends and colleagues and fans so um grab a ticket david wilcox thank you so much my pleasure there are several things that you can do to help out this podcast. You can tell a friend. Your recommendations to a friend, colleague, or family member is powerful because as you are listening to this podcast, people are listening to you. On the website, Music My Mother Would Not Like is a link to the series PayPal account. It's a secure way to express your appreciation, and I am grateful for it. Thanks for listening. I hope that you will enjoy the rest of the episode and come back for another one. The next portion of the podcast was serendipitous. As the word suggests, a wonderful surprise that came without expectation. I should have expected this, but alas, there is the magic of unrehearsed art. We're back. We're going to have the privilege of a of an unexpected 
treasure. David's going to sing a song for us of his picking. David Wilcox. One of the things that I love to do is make custom songs. And a custom song is not a spontaneous song. That happens sometimes at concerts. Well, I'll ask people what they're going through and see if they need a song right away. And I'll make up one on the spot. But these custom songs are carefully crafted songs. And this one was written for a woman who wanted to invite her family to be there. She was 93 or 94. She was in a lot of pain. And uh, she decided um, it'd be better to let her family know if they wanted to be at her bedside when she left this world. And it's legal in California to schedule it. So uh, she wanted a song that was playful and inviting. She wanted to tell her family that she's okay, she knows what she's doing, and she's really had a wonderful life. It's been a time we had some laughs. Really, I just can't stay. Dinner with wine, dressed up so fine. We saw a lovely play. The curtain is slowly closing. I will turn on my heels and wave. It's been a time, but really I just can't stay. I'm sleepy. It's been a day and most of the night. Cobblestones wet with rain. All of the lights shine on the water. Time I was on my way. Back across the moonlit river. I'll be crossing that bridge alone. Why stay around when all of my friends are gone? I'm leaving. Da, ba, ba, ba. Da, da, da. Da, 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 da. Let me return to the wind again I've had my share of fun It's been a time But I know my time is done Believe me it's been a life clear to the end. I had to find my way. The pain and the strife, the lovers and friendships. We had a fine soiree. Now is the time to say goodbye. Trust me that I'm okay It's been a time, but 
Really, I just can't stay no way. It's been a time, but really, I just can't stay. Bravo. Thank you. It's a beautiful song, tough subject, and um, I like the way it's it's dealt with. I think that we waste so much time getting to where we need to go, mm. and we know we got to get there. So let's let's just get on with it. Yeah, um, it's great. It's beautiful. Her family did come. They were uh, they were they were uh, their fears were uh, kind of mitigated, and it was uh, it was a. a a way to start a conversation that um, sort of gave a fresh emotional perspective instead of just the initial reaction <laughs> and making it a swing tune, you know, cause this woman was wild in the 1940s. So of course it had to be a swing tune. I love it. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you so much. I, I, let me turn this recorder off and say fairly well, proper like. This was the first episode of the podcast series called Conversations That Music My Mother Would Not Like. You can get more information about the weekly radio shows and the weekly stream series at the website musicmymotherwouldnotlike.com. And big thanks to our sponsor, hearitthere.com. I'm Bruce Swan. Thanks for listening. My guest next week, sadly, will be the late David Olney. So until next time, don't take any wooden nickels.